What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Ponko Chicken. Ponko Chicken, if you did not already know, is a unique spin on Japanese and Western cuisine. Uh, there are stores, if you're not familiar, um, all around the Atlanta area. Uh, there's one in Marietta now. There's one in Buckhead. There's one in Shambly. There's one in uh, Midtown. They're popping up everywhere because Ponko is awesome and uh, they're like family. So um, go check out Ponko if you have not already. It is the home of the award-winning Japanese-American chicken tender. Just to brag on them a little bit more, they were Verizon Super Bowl Live top-selling vendor, three-peat Taste of Atlanta award winner, um, Midtown Alliance Best Taste winner. Just they won all the awards because Ponko is great and Ponko is delicious. So if you are in the Atlanta area and are looking to try something new and good and delicious, go check out Ponko Chicken today and tell them that I sent you over. Uh, also, if you have not already, go check out chasemonspodcast.com. It's where all of my episodes to all of my podcasts are, all of my writing that I do, uh, more information on me and who I am um, and why you should be listening to this podcast and reading my work and all of that great stuff. Go do that. Go to Chase Thomas Podcast today. If you're an Apple Podcast listener, go ahead and leave me five stars and a rating and a review. That's great. I need it. Um, it helps the show continue to grow and all of that good stuff. Um, you can listen on SoundCloud, Spotify, like I said, Apple, Google Play, everywhere where you can get your podcast. The Chase Thomas Podcast will be there. So go do that today. Um, all right. I think that's everything. We can get into today's episode. Uncle Darren, let's go. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right. Welcome back to a Thursday afternoon edition of the Chase Thomas podcast. I am now joined by Talking Jake of one of my favorite uh, Major League Baseball podcasts, Talking Baseball. They're talking everything, but mostly talking baseball. And uh, I think it's safe to say, Jake, that uh, you and the guys at John Boy have the branding stuff down, right? Yeah, man, we're uh, we're pretty basic dudes. The uh, the talking thing <laughs> kind of suck. It started with uh, the Yanks talking Yanks. That's how it kind of all started for both of us. And then, uh, yeah, we just it, it's easy to throw in front of stuff. And then we started doing some YouTube kind. We're starting to throw watching in front of it. So we're basic as basic as it comes. But it's been working so far. That's really cool. Um, well, I love the podcast. I will attest that I don't listen to the Yankees one because uh, I'm not a Yankees fan, but I, I do love um, the Talking Baseball podcast. So I'm excited to pick your brain about a couple of baseball things because uh, we don't have baseball right now, but we might have baseball. We don't really know yet. Um, how are you, first and foremost, dealing with the, the lack of baseball considering that uh, opening day was supposed to happen um, this week? And it has not happened and we have we have nothing there's some sad things where i've seen like people simulating stuff on it'll be the show and pretending the season's happening there and i just i can't do it there are people sitting there watching other people play i nope can't do it uh how are you 
um, dealing with this? Yeah, I mean, it was it was kind of out of sight, out of mind a little bit. I mean, opening day, or supposed to be opening day came around, and, and there was really good energy online. Uh, even, even at John Boy, we were trying to keep the energy up, but I think there was definitely a moment uh, kind of toward the end of the day that it was like, damn, man, like really no baseball? This is real life? Um so yeah, from from there, I mean, me and John Boy kind of got together, and we, you know, we've we've kind of made a business out of this. So uh, we started watching some of the old World Series games. We started in 1972, and we're we're releasing uh, just like one of the best games from each World Series every day on YouTube, and that's been fun, and it's been good to see some of the old ball players. But um, man, it's tough and i'm i'm just like a big sports dude in general so i mean you know no basketball no anything um it's been tough man i've i've been diving into some netflix like everyone else but uh i'm out i'm I'm open for ideas well i actually have something that i've been thinking about doing but i'm not going to release it yet because i don't want to put it out into the atmosphere uh unless i'm 100 percent certain that i'm going to fall through on it uh okay do you do you think we're going to get a season at all or do you think there is a tipping point where if it gets too late like in mid-june to late june because we know toronto banned all public events up until june 30th at the least do you think we're going to get a season what is your gut telling you i'm i think i'm still a little more optimistic than most um i don't know if that's because i want to trick my brain into being that way or not i i think they're gonna play i i don't know what that looks like yet i just think um, I mean, and there's so many moving parts, man. I mean, uh, if they don't play this year, the owners don't have to pay the players. So that's, that's kind of the, you know, for the owners, I don't think it'd be worth it to play like 60 games or anything like that. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how the timeline comes along. Um, and we're all just guessing, but, you know, the, t- the timelines we've seen from some of the other countries, I'm, I'm hoping we still get an end of summer. And I, I think there's, there will also be too much money on the table for the owners to turn down if they can get 81 games in and they can get them all on TV and stuff like that. So um, I still think we're going to get baseball of some sort, but uh, I don't know. It, it'd be I'd be lying if I didn't think there was a chance it gets canceled, but still optimistic. My gut right now is that all the major sports leagues are going to bite the bullet and just play with no fans. Wrestling's doing that right now every week. Um, I think it just because we're not going to have a vaccine until next year, that it seems very unlikely to me that we're going to have full stadiums, um, anytime soon. And I, I don't know if people can handle just no sports for a year where I think the best middle ground for the foreseeable future is figuring out a way to play with, uh, nobody in the stands. And I think that would be my ultimate guess as to what happens is that, in a month or two teams will ramp up and start training. And then they're going to be like, well, we're going to come back, but the fans will not be coming with us and uh, we'll put it back on TV. Cause that's the other big thing is just putting the product on TV and just having that um, just with how important the regional television deals are for so many different MLB teams that I, that would be my guess. If I, if I had to guess right now is that we get MLB back in the next couple months, but it's just going to be no fans for the entirety of the season. 
Yeah, I think no fans is the right way to think of it for now. Um, I mean, that that still hurts my brain a little bit because it's so much of the atmosphere and the fun of it. Um, but I, I just think that's that's going to be the world's orders for a little bit. It would be, hey, it'd be really cool if maybe like fans were allowed to do stuff in November and we had a, a World Series with fans still or something. But um, yeah, I, I'm seeing no fans, and I, I mean, it just gets so tricky, man, with the travel bans and stuff like that. But I, I do think they're going to start thinking outside the box a little bit and uh doing our world history lessons we saw uh, in 1981 it was a strike season they had a strike that year was they divided the season into two seasons and they got the one one and two and they had a four uh 14 playoff excuse me which was the first time they'd ever done that so MLB and all these leagues, and I think you might see it with the NBA too, um, they like trying new stuff whenever something like this comes up because it's their opportunity to. It's, it's, it's the one time things are different. So um, I, I think if we get baseball played, I think you'll definitely see like expanded playoffs. Um, who knows what else they'll try. But, yeah, it, it's going to be empty seats, and who knows where they even play the games. I mean, do they maybe gather they're all the players down in Arizona or something like that and just run it down at the Arizona spring training because there's so many fields down there. Um, I do think what the other players are going to be watching, um, whatever comes on the TV. And I think if something like this Tiger imagines and owners see the rating, Things that will happen, people will watch. And I just think there's so much money in that. So that's that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, people are going to watch. If you put this on TV, even with no fans, people are going to watch. And also, you probably look at like just more fans because they're the fans that would go are just going to watch on TV. So I understand you're losing a lot of stuff at the gate and things like that. But my gut just tells me that, that that's where we're going. Um, Going into the season, when you're doing your previews and everything else, um, which were great, and I encourage everybody to go check out if they have not already. Um, which team were you highest on that most people weren't coming into the year? Team I was highest on that most weren't. Um, I think the team that I ended up talking myself into the most was the New York Metropolitans, which um, mm. I, I know that's, that's a scary phrase to even say out loud, but... Um, and, but and you made the point that if they were the Phillies, that that we would look at them differently, right? If I, memory serves. I, yeah, and I, I think it's it's kind of this weird thing, and it's I mean it's it's also true in sports. I mean, think about the Cleveland Browns this year in football. Everyone they were a sexy team, but Browns are still going to brown and met. Um, but man, they had a lot of talent on that team, and uh, this was before Syndergaard went down. And uh, I don't know, man, I, there, if, if the Mets roster was the Philadelphia Phillies, I think a lot more people would, would be higher on the Philadelphia Phillies. So um, I, I don't know. I just really talked myself into them. And I guess there's a little bit of that, you know, Washington Nationals from last year. I mean, they've, they've got the starting pitching horses. If the Mets had one or two guys figured out in the bullpen and someone can help Alonzo in the lineup, which their lineup's actually not that bad. I uh, I like the Mets as a team. That division is brutal, but uh, they had a really nice roster. I, I think that's the random team 
that I was the highest on and well in the NL and maybe in the AL. I, I guess the A in the Rays, man. I mean those those teams are crazy talented. Not the Tigers. Not the Tigers, it sounds like. No Tigers this year for me. I'm good on that. <laughs> oh man. Like people I saw some like Tigers fans are great and I love uh just that that park and the uniforms and everything but just the people are like oh i missed tigers opening day i'm like do you do you know what's coming do you are you really excited for another season of, of tiger baseball because i don't think you are just yet do you really want to be hurt that many times for another year you gotta you gotta be a real select that and hey baseball has those people they they do. Um, I agree with you on the Mets, though. I think the NL East is a lot closer. And like you said, it's going to be a bloodbath. And I think the Marlins will be a little bit better, especially as their pipeline gets um, um, added to the major leagues more and more. Uh, I think the Marlins won't, just won't be as bad. And then they're going to be bad, but just not as bad. And then the Phillies, I think, will be improved. Uh, big questions with Zach Williams or number two, but we'll see there. I still like their lineup a lot. Um, and they could also be flexible and make some other moves. Like they have an interesting farm system. They can make some, like, I mean, Bryce Harper could push for them to make some other big move. A lot of it depends on their new young third baseman. Um, I, I don't know what we'll to see there, but Chris Bryant, depending on how happy he is in Chicago for a full year, like maybe the Phillies are like, you know what? We're going to go after Chris Bryant. Um, that would not be all that crazy. The Braves betting a lot on Marcelo Zuna and Austin Riley and, a very inexperienced pitching staff outside of Soroka. I mean, I, I have questions about the Braves, not questions about the bullpen for the first time in forever, but it is interesting that the Mets, if you just take away the Mets part of it, that if you look at that rotation, even without Syndergaard now and that bullpen with a lot of upside, I, I could see an easy case for them to win the NL, but uh, NL East, excuse me, because the Dodgers still just seem like it's going to be very hard for them not to, to win the NL, but teams, generally speaking don't go back to the world series that many times in a row after losses so we'll have to see uh i don't know i like the Mets stuff though i I have to say yeah and i mean you know the the nats are the defending champs but i'm a big believer in it's tough to repeat and i mean they lost rendon and they had an old team and everyone got older um i just think it's going to be tough for them and yeah i mean the phillies if they go do make that trade i mean i if I was a Phillies fan, I'd be hoping it's a pitcher because, like you said, I mean, that that pitching staff gets short real quick. And, I mean, if, if they get an injury at the top of that rotation to, to Nola or Wheeler, um, it, it just gets thin quick. But I, that that division is, is going to be gnarly. And, I, I I mean, I was just picturing the Mets almost exactly like the Nats last year. Like You would not want to face those pitchers in, in any playoff series. Yeah. As a Yankees guy, when do you start to worry about just the injuries adding up? When do you, when is the tipping point for you where you're like, oh, this actually might be a problem from them, not just make like making the playoffs, more of like this is a, enough of a problem where they might not be able to get through the entire postseason and win the AL and win the World Series. Um, May of last year, um, I mean, <laughs> it was last last year was just insane, man. Um, the the way the the way the injuries started racking up it was, it was unbelievable they they whatever they set the record <laughs> I speaking speaking just to speak that the fact 
So, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, they changed out their, their training staff in the offseason. The Cressy guy is, is as respected as they come in the industry, so you trust that. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see, man. I mean, if there's a lot of those Yankees guys. Um, I, th- this is a big year for them. And, I, I mean, you could say that about a lot of dudes. But, you know, it, can Aaron Judge stay healthy for a whole season? Slash, what does that look like? Um you know, Giancarlo Stanton, he's already got kind of the injury history at this point. Um, and he, he had a couple nice years there where he stayed really healthy. So can he find that again? And then, I mean, Gary Sanchez, who I know it, it, he's an easy guy to give hate. He's a fail player to get to 100 home runs. But I do think there's something to be said there um, that if can't stay healthy this year, that – Maybe uh, I'm not Gary Sanchez is a solid defensive catcher, despite what everyone says. He's got a rocket arm. His blocking improved last year. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't say he's elite, but he, he can hang back there. But if Gary Sanchez hurt again, I mean, I, I think the bigger conversation is can his body hold up back there? And I think that's when you start maybe considering first age or something like that. But I, I mean, there's a lot of these guys around, around the Yankees that, um, you know, uh, a big, big, healthy best players in the game. If they get hurt again, they almost look like uh, I don't know, just an injury prone, tr- injury prone guy you can't trust. How does the back end of that rotation look like to you? What, what would be your guess is how it ends up? Um, as of right now, um, I mean you've got Cole, Tanaka, Paxton. Uh, Seve's out for the year. We know that. Um, I mean, uh, Jordan Montgomery, uh, his, his rookie year really goes overlooked. He was just a solid major league pitcher. Um, if he can replicate that for the Yankees, um, I mean, that's that's a really nice body to have. Um, God, uh, it, it'll it'll be interesting, man. I'm I'd say I'm excited to see. I, I'm excited to see anyone throw a baseball right now. Um, <laughs> They they do have some big prospects that that they're looking uh, on the pitching side to to get some run. Clark Schmidt was a former first round pick. Uh, Davey Garcia he reached AAA. I think he was the youngest player in AAA last last year, and his strikeout numbers are insane. He's a little guy. I think listed at nine ten. Um, but wild strikeout numbers, and again, youngest guy in AAA last year. So. Um, the, the easy money is on Monty and, and half rotation. Um, and the other guy that I was high on and talk about injury prone is Johnny Luiz. He's a guy that's been in yeah. the majors a couple years now. Um, and he's got crazy strikeout numbers and his stuff is, is uh, I mean, it's unreal when he's, when he's right, he has three plus plus pitches. I, uh, uh, I, I was kind of a sleeper on him coming into this year because I was like, I, I think now's the time for it to come together. But uh, looking at his injury history, man, he I, I don't think he's ever pitched more than like 80 innings in a year. So, I, I mean, that's just not a guy you can rely on. You know, 100, 120 this year somehow. <laughs> Might not be that much of a season even. Um, and he can build off of that. But he's He's an injury away from being a reliever, um, and and I don't know. I mean, if, if there's a trade deadline this year, the Yankees are usually hunting for some sort of arm. 
Um, but I don't know, man. We uh, I, again, I, I I don't force on non-Yankee fans towards the Yankees podcast, but we we interviewed Clark Schmidt the other day, and he was a nice kid, and he talked some analytics stuff. He was, his his curveball, I guess, has a better spin rate than Cole, so Cole was giving him shit about that. But uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. I you'd love to see one of the young guys step up so the the Yanks could pencil him into next year's rotation. Ian Kennedy is not walking through that door. Um, I uh, I want to ask you a true or false question about Thank this God. team. <laughs> Thank God. Um, I miss that young group of Jabba and Ch- and Hughes and Ian Kennedy and Tyler Clippard and all those different people people got excited about on the internet for years and years and message boards and people arguing about all of them and the Yankees and all that kind of stuff. I miss those days. Um, oh, yeah. Clint Frazier, is he a Yankee in 2021, yes or no? Clint Frazier, a Yankee in 2021. We'll say yes. Um, okay. If you do, damned if you don't kind of point in a career where, I mean, he's still kind of young, but he's been hanging around the majors for a while. Um, and, you know, we've uh, gotten – where we're at now, we get a little bit of inside sources, not a lot, but he's inside the organization a little bit, and you know, and it's not, it's not the stuff that a lot of people want to get mad at. It's not the cleats. It's not that stuff. That stuff adds to it. But um, I, I think he had to grow up a little bit, and I think if you're Clint Frazier, you gotta look in the mirror a little bit and say, you know, I'm not on the top 100 prospect list anymore. I'm, I'm not 23 anymore. Um, and the, the bigger thing from the Yankees is right now he doesn't have any trade value. And I, I think that's mm-hmm. kind of the misconception from a lot of Yankees fans is that, mm-hmm. I, I mean, he currently doesn't have a position, um, you know, in, in theory, he should be a corner outfielder that, you know, it doesn't have to, be a plus but he should be offensively right now he's kind of unplayable out there so um i mean it would it would be good for both parties to plant get some run this year and he he plays serviceable corner outfield uh does what he does with the bat and then the yanks could move on and then he would have some value to another team training for them but at the same time if he does come up this year catch fly balls and hit some home runs um you know that's control so it, there's there's been so much talk about it and could i see it happening absolutely um you know especially if the yankees maybe need that arm or, or they trade for an arm for next year um something like that kind of like we saw with the stroman trade and with the trevor bauer trade because the uh tanaka and paxton uh are both supposed to be free agents next year so um i, I could see it happening but i i think at this point it's one of those things that's been talked about so much that uh, I'm not going to believe it until I see it. Which player is most likely to make that war jump into top five, top 10 level that we're not thinking about right now in the next, this season or next season? War player. Um, man, uh, I'll rearrange the question a little bit to what, what's become the fun game for me. And, and okay. maybe you can, 
you can do this with some of the other teams because it really is a fun conversation. And it's if this season is shortened, how many more players does that bring into the awards? Because, I mean, uh, a lot of players can hold up for 81 games or 100 games or whatever we land at this year that, like, you know, this this will be a hot take and and people people would hate it. But, like, if Gary Sanchez put together two and a half months, he could be an AL MVP. Um, and, and how many guys could you say that about on the Yankees? Is it, you know, Glaber Torres could do that, Judge, Stanton. And, I mean, if you start expanding that to some of the other teams, I mean, to make myself sound like less of a Yankee fan, I mean, Bogart, Devers. Um, if there, There's a lot of guys in Major League Baseball that can put together 81 games that uh, I think that's that gets really fun. Um you know, you in and hopefully this baseball season happens so that <laughs> we can get some of that fun stuff going. Um, because I, I, I think any of those guys can make a case. I mean, again, Gary Sanchez, the fastest AL player to a hundred home runs. If he stays healthy for eighty one games behind the dish and the Yankees finish in first place and he's got a you know, a four and a half war or something like that. It's uh, a lot could happen in the shortened season, so I'm hoping for that. Um, my other sleeper guy, uh, for hopefully a full 162 next year is Mikey Toffman, man. The, the defensive mm. numbers love him. And, uh, he's, we, we've met with him and interviewed with him. He's a locked in dude. Um, and yeah, with war, if you can rack up those defensive points, that's how you climb the chart. And he does that. Austin Meadows would be my number one right now. If I had to like make a bet on who we're looking at is like, oh, this guy is now suddenly oh, a WRC plus machine and his war is creeping into that top 10 level. And it's like, oh, this race team's really good. Obviously, they don't get a lot of coverage, but there's a chance that he's the best player on the race. Like we love the pitching staff. The top three is dominant as any other, but anybody else in baseball, maybe, but they still need to hit. And I think he stands the most upside at his age, where he plays, what he does. I would bet a lot of stock into Austin Meadows. Is that crazy? No, I, uh, I, I love Austin Meadows, man. We, uh, we hung out with him in Yarborough spring training. That was really cool. Um, and we're, we're still at this young point where a lot of, a lot of guys don't really know us, so they don't know if they should come in for like a real interview or if, you know, we're just ridiculous and asking silly questions. Him and Yarborough came through and they totally got our vibe. We, we were just chilling with them. And uh, uh, the other thing is, I mean, just watch him play. Like he's a dude. I mean, he, he was on the all-star team last year, if I remember correctly. And, and uh, I mean, they, I hate Tampa. The way they win trades sometimes is ridiculous. But, uh, uh, I mean, he's, he's the guy they're banking on. He, he's, he's the guy that Tampa is banking on to be the rock in that middle of the lineup. Cause I mean, outside of him, there's a couple guys you can like Yandy Diaz and, you know, some other guys, but, uh, I, I mean, Tommy Pham is gone. You know, he's, he's a proven on base major league type player. Um, but in that lineup, it's, it's Austin Meadows. It's all around him. And then a lot of platoon guys. So, uh, yeah, I, I like him, and I, I think defensively he's a stud, too. Um, when you think about the A's and the Rays, the two teams, small market teams that 
are winning right now a lot in the last couple of years without it, but they haven't broken through yet. If you had to bet on either of them to make the World Series this year between the Athletics and the Tampa Bay Rays, as it stands right now, who would you be more comfortable picking? I know as a Yankees guy, this is going to hurt you, but if you had to guess between the two, which would you be more comfortable with? Right now, it's the Rays, man. Mm. Um, they're pitching. Uh, I love Glasnow. He's special, um, like different breed special. Um, so, like, if Snell can figure it out, I mean, he was he's, what, a year removed from being a Cy Young winner? Um, mm. I mean, Charlie Morton was the third best pitcher in the AL last year. I mean, they if, if those guys are right coming into a playoff series and that's ignoring some other big time pitchers they have. Um, I don't want to say you don't have a chance, but if Tyler Glass knows right, you don't have a chance. Um, and I just think that's different than the A's. They, they've got a lot of guys that get out, but I don't think they have the dudes who are as special um, as what those raised pitchers can be at their peak peak. Um, that being said, I mean, I, I love – I love that A's infield. They're awesome. Ramon Laureano is one of my favorite players to watch. But uh, high-end pitchers coming in for them, uh, I mean, Manaya's good, but some of his numbers and um, uh, they don't jump – some of the, his advanced stats don't jump off the charts. Um, and then after that, I mean, they're, they're banking on some really young guys. I mean, Jesus Lazardo, A.J. Puck, um, who, hey, if they figure it out, they can be – special and they definitely have a better lineup than the Rays but I, I think all things considered if if everything goes right for those teams it's going to be because of the Rays starting pitchers and I mean I I don't want to see those guys that's fair that's fair um let's uh to kind of wrap up here I want to ask you about the DH we've kind of we just want baseball back so we're not talking about just different things different changes to baseball um but in terms of the universal DH and just where the shift is going in baseball and if they'll ever really make changes to stop teams from shifting. What do you think is more likely uh, a universal DH um, rule in the next five years or a banning of the shift in the next five years? Ooh, I like that one. Um, I, I think the DH is coming. Um, it, it just makes so much sense at this point, um, especially where baseball is. I mean, baseball is so much, you know, home run driven at mm. this point with everyone in the lineup that, um, you know, I, we, like I said, we've been watching some of these old World Series games. We just watched, I think, the end of the 1991 World Series. Um, it was 91 or 93. Otis Nixon tried to drag bunt for the final out of the game with the tying run on third in a World Series game. Which, uh, I mean, if that happened today, <laughs> analytics people would literally be jumping off buildings. So, um, <laughs> I, I think the I, I think it's coming, and I, I'm I'm not saying this in a in a in a I know this. Check it out. Um, it, it's just one of the. Do Do you know the story behind why there's not a DH in the National League? I do not. So they and I. I'm going to botch the story a little bit because that's what I do. But if, if you Google it, it'll come up. And I think it was 1975 or something like that. One of the National League owners, um, you know, they were coming together to vote on the DH and they had the votes to pass it. I think it was going to be six to five or something like that. And uh, 
so one of the owners they they like they sent people to vote for them so i think the reds owner or something like that went fishing and the guy he sent was supposed to vote yes for the dh so they all come in for the meeting and they they made an addendum to one of the other rules or something and the reds owner said something along the lines of like hey if they change anything just give me a call so the guy the guy who's there to vote starts freaking out and he's trying to call the reds owner who's out fishing with his grandson in the middle of a lake so he doesn't pick up the call so the guy who was supposed to vote for the reds and it it might, might not be the reds but i think it is um the guy who was supposed to vote for the reds abstains from voting and oh, by the way, another person who was sent there to vote was told just to copy the Reds vote because he was like friends with the owner or something like that. So instead of a 6-5 win to have the DH in the National League, the, the pitcher gets to hit because the guy went out fishing with his grandson. Um, again, I messed up some details of that story, but that's true. Is this the Reds owner Marge Schott? Is this Marge? I think it it's pre-Marge. I pre-Marge. Think it's pre-Marge. She's a, she has a legacy unto herself. If people have not checked out some quotes from uh, old Mrs. Schott, uh, pretty wild stuff, folks. Pretty wild stuff. Uh, that's why I was like, of course it's the Reds ownership group that's responsible for this stuff, because all kinds of weird stuff in that history. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I didn't mess that up. I, I think I'm, I'm 90% accurate there, but yeah, so that's, if if that never happened, we would have had the DH seventy, you know, what is it forty five years ago, something along those lines. So I, I think it's coming in. The bigger thing is that two two Yankees guys. I'll plug my Yanks again. Um, Mike Talkman and Luke Voigt probably would have been major leaguers a lot earlier if the National League had a DH. And I know mm. now now every National League team is starting to have stories like that. I think Tom Murphy. Uh, was in the Rockies organization, and he was kind of blocked at catcher. So he went over to the Mariners. He had a really nice year. And now I think these National League teams are figuring out, they're like, hey, we're missing out on talent in our organizations because we don't get a chance to play these guys. I mean, they're they're missing out on 500 at-bats a season that could go to one player, two players, that you could find out if they're a major leaguer or not. Yeah. A lot of Richie Sexton's out there that we're not getting a chance to experience on the major league level. Seriously. <laughs> um, last thing, and then we'll go. Um, this is going to be a very enjoyable question to you. How long before we see the Boston Red Sox in the playoffs again? How many years? Oh, man. Um, the Sox. Uh, they'll be back, man. They, uh, I, I think it's going to be at least I... three. I grew up in Connecticut, so I, I was on the front lines. I mean, part of the reason I, I do this now, I think, is growing up with buddies who are Red Sox fans, and we used to meet up at the cafeteria every day and debate Yankees-Red Sox. Um, it, the Red Sox are a well-run organization. They were using this year to get under the salary cap, which the the Yankees had to do in 2017, and every team in Major League Baseball does now. Um, and I don't know, man, I I know they're not flush with young talent, um, because that's what Dave Dombrowski does to an organization. Um, and Hey, that's what the owners told them to do. 
But, um, man, they still got some talent, and would, wouldn't it be the biggest ruse in the world if they traded Mookie Betts away just to sign him 60 games later in a shortened season? So, um, I don't know. I mean, they, they've got some bad contracts out there now. Let's see how this Chris Sale contract winds down. Does he find his form again? But uh, those Sox will be back, man. They'll, uh, they'll find a way. I think they'll be back. I think it'll be several years, and I think that's their plan. Is I think they want to save a lot of money over the next couple of years. Be bad, but not bad enough where the fans are revolting. But I, I think we're going to see a several-year reset, and I think the AL is too top-heavy right now. The NL, it's just so jumped together outside of the Dodgers where you're like, you can make the case for like 10 teams make the playoffs. The AL is, is not that case where I think it's just going to be a lot more difficult for them to climb back into that top echelon once they fall out. Um, all right, man. Well, this has been great. I appreciate uh, you making the time uh, under crazy circumstances right now. I hope you're staying safe. But uh, is there anything we should check out from you this week on Talking Yanks or Talking Baseball or any of the John Boy Media uh, properties that you'd like to plug before you get out of here man i i would just say check out check out the youtube we uh me me and john boy got together and cranked out like what did we do we did like 20 different episodes of things in two days just so we could schedule it out over the next week and a half or so um and so that me and him could <laughs> quarantine separately finally um so so go check out the john boy youtube um i don't know man i'm talking jake you plug the other stuff and uh yeah uh bring back sports that's what i want bring back sports even if it means no fans i would rather have that than nothing at all absolutely um all right man we'll stay safe and uh we will have to check back in maybe when baseball's back i i would love that i would love that thanks brother all right that'll do it for today's episode of the chase thomas podcast Thank you uh, to the wonderful guests for coming on today's show. Thank you uh, to my wonderful listeners for listening to today's episode. Uh, I greatly appreciate it. Um, If you like today's episode, leave a five-star rating and a review on Apple. It would be great. Um, It helps the show continue to grow, and I would very much appreciate it. Uh, You can also support the show on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash Chase Thomas Writer. For as little as $5 a month, it helps the show keep the lights on. So that would be a great help to me as well. Uh, You can also follow me on Twitter at Chase underscore Thomas. You could go to ChaseThomasPodcast.com, which has all of my stuff, all my episodes ever, um, links to everything that you need, um, and all of my writing that uh, I'm doing fairly often these days um, on the NFL, on NBA, on college football, on pro wrestling. I write about everything. I write a lot. um, So go read me on that front so if you're not tired of listening to me you can also read me um so that's awesome but uh i think that's enough self-promotion from me for one episode uh i hope you continue listening that would be great and uh i will talk to you all again very soon thanks guys nicely done nephew Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.